0: Welcome to another episode of Talks for a Magical Monday, the weekly podcast of the Heralds of the Gospel. I'm your host, Brother Gustavo. For those who are not familiar with the Heralds, the Heralds of the Gospel are a community active in the Catholic Archdiocese of Toronto, as well as several other cities across Canada. Founded by Monsignor John Cladias, the Heralds comprise priests, religious brothers and sisters, and lay people, since their pontifical recognition in 2001 by Pope John Paul II. And for those who are familiar with the Heralds, this podcast features the talks following the Heralds' weekly rosary at St. Patrick's Parish in Schomburg, Ontario, where the brothers share some consoling and encouraging thoughts precisely geared to those dreaded beginnings of a probably hard week called Mondays. If you want to know more about the origin of the podcast, please stop right here. Go back and listen to episode number one. So even if today it's not Monday, but you're still commuting or doing chores, take heart Brightening your perspectives and enjoy today's talk, recorded live at Saint Peter's Church in Port Hood, Nova Scotia. The topic: the presentation of the Lord in the temple. Welcome then to Talks for a Magical Monday, the weekly podcast of the heralds of the gospel.
1: As we begin today's meditation, let us put ourselves in the proper position. Let us put ourselves in front of our Lord in the Eucharist, Let us begin by transporting our souls into a place where our Lord and Our Lady will be able to help us on this meditation, help us in this journey. And as we begin this, let us pray in a special way asking Our Lady, Our Lady of Fatima, to allow us on this journey to receive all of the graces that we need, all of the consolations that we do indeed necessitate at this very moment so we can take advantage of this meditation, we can take proper care of our souls and those who are closest to us. And As we begin our meditation, let us think, put ourselves back, and put ourselves into the Temple of Jerusalem, the second temple. The temple that Herod built, the one in which our Lord would walk, speak, would correct, heal. But at this moment, he enters as a small babe. These imposing towers, roofs, parapets, aching for the coming of the Messiah, of which Mary Most Holy carrying our Lord Jesus Christ come into St. Joseph, guiding the way, carrying with him two turtle doves. They arrive in front of the altar. Mary offers her son. This offering calls into mind many of the offerings that were done in the Old Testament. They call to mind Abraham's offering of his son. They call to mind the offering of Hannah, of her son, These were all prefigurements of this offering, this perfect offering. You can imagine Our Lady saying words, beautiful words. Behold, O Eternal Father, your firstborn Son, that is also mine. I offer him as victim to placate your justice towards sinners. Accept it, O God of mercy. Have mercy and have pity on us. For the love of this Lamb without blemish, receive. Men, into thy grace. If we properly present this idea in our minds, this will make our meditation much more fruitful. When we make a proper meditation, we have to transport our souls back to that era and walk with Our Lady. Maybe a little servant in the corner, watching, listening, observing all of the little nuances. And as we see in the second chapter of St. Luke, we have this encounter, the encounter of Simeon. The old man, the symbol of the old covenant, advanced in years, and you may say at the end of his use. But he was faithful to a promise. He was faithful to his vocation. He was faithful to his call. And he says those beautiful words which we echo in the liturgy. Now, Master, you may go. let your servant go in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all people's A light, the revelation to the Gentiles. The glory of your people Israel. Those words mean so much. As we went through the Christmas season, we saw the encounter between the Old and New Testaments. We saw Zechariah when he's being given the good news that he will finally have a son. To which encounters a lack of faith. A lot of questions. Not much the way of faith. Old, cynical, tired. And encounter Our Lady, full of faith, embracing this call, asking but one question. And that question had to do with her vocation. One, the angel, shut up, quieted down, sealed his mouth until such day that everything came about. With Our Lady came the angelic salutation and the words filled with grace. When we encounter Our Lady in this episode, which according to traditions in Europe, this would be the feast that ends the Christmas season, we see Our Lady coming into the temple to be purified and to present her son to the Eternal Father. We see Saint Joseph with two turtle doves. Jesus, the divine lamb, the lamb without blemish, is to be offered. The symbolism was not lost on the early Christian communities. And the reason for that was because they made those connections very easily in a manner that today's people unfortunately don't. The reality is is that neither Jesus nor Mary were obliged to follow this precept of law. Neither of them had original sin. Neither of them needed to be purified, but they did as our Lord would say to John the Baptist, to fulfill all righteousness. Everything we know about Our Lady all of her beauties, all of her virtue, all of her grace. She didn't need to go through this ritual purification, nor did her son. Neither did the law of ransom apply to Jesus. We know that ransom happened because of the plagues of Egypt, but they submitted themselves. They submitted themselves to divine precepts. What they are more than anything else are examples of profound humility and zealous obedience. Now let's compare that to ourselves and our following of divine precepts, precepts given to us by the church, by the commandments, by our Lord's ordinances given to us in the gospels. Do we still, do we have that same humility? Do we have the same obedience? We know the word obedience comes from the Hebrew, which means to hear. And that is why in the Old Testament, they use those two words interspersing. Hard of hearing, hearing, O oh, Israel does not listen, bend your ear. And because that word is the same as the word to obey. How many times are we hard of heart, hard of hearing, to hear the voice of God in our lives. And we stumble along complaining that God doesn't listen to us. Our lady could have said words that were so beautiful. Can imagine what words came out of her virginal mouth? Words could have been like, Behold, I am here, consecrated to you for all my life. You have sent me into the world to save it with my blood. Behold, my blood, my person. I offer myself entirely to thee for the salvation of the world. Our Lady's life was that of a victim, always giving of herself for the good of the other. St. Alphonsus Liguri, tells us this also that never was a sacrifice so agreeable to god as that offered by his beloved son at the presentation making this offering of himself while still a newborn jesus from that point became the victim for the salvation of man he surrendered himself as the host offered to god think about this if all of the angels all of humanity were to be perfect and offer themselves all to the Lord to repair the evil committed by Adam, it would still not be enough to repair that evil of original sin. But one drop of the blood of Jesus was enough to fill the void. This is so important, this act of offering, act of giving of oneself freely, not under compunction, but freely with good, solid faith, hope. And charity. As blessed Angela Foligno says, I offer myself to you so that you may offer yourself to me. This is so important. Christ first starts that offering, but do we return that offering? And that's why it's so important that we gather today. We gather on these Saturdays of reparation because God does everything for us. He is present in the Eucharist. This offering is always present. But how do we offer ourselves? Where are we in this relationship? Remember in Genesis, in which God is looking for Adam, and he says to Adam, where are you? God knew exactly where Adam was, but Adam didn't know where Adam was. God says the same thing to us. Where are you? So that we can find ourselves, so that God can help us. We, many a time, are so lost that we ourselves don't know where we are. And then we complain that God left us, while God is exactly where we left him. Simeon is an example of a life of enthusiasm. The older Simeon became, you can bet people would have told him to stop with this silliness, this belief in this Messiah. You're an old man, enjoy yourself. Just stop this, stop this. But Simeon kept going to the temple in search of the Messiah. Sure that he would not die until he laid his eyes on the Messiah. The anointed one, the one who was going to save the people of Israel. That enthusiasm shone bright in an era where there was very few candles. There was very little faith in Israel. And why could I say such an outrageous statement? Just look at the chapter before. The magi kings go to Jerusalem, searching for the Messiah. The scribes, high priests, they tell Herod where the Messiah would be born. But do any of them go to seek the Messiah? No. They all stay in Jerusalem. They all stay. There's no interest. Why didn't they go running? They knew exactly what to look for. These poor foreigners had no idea what to look for. The foreigners had enthusiasm. The locals not. Where does that put us? Where does that put us? Simeon is an example. As aging we go, the more enthusiasm we may have. Now, Lord, according to your promise, you can dispel your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation and you have prepared before all the nations light to illuminate the nations. The glory of your people Israel. God had fulfilled his side, but this man had kept the light of faith. Let us pray that we also do likewise. Simeon then turns to Our Lady and gives her the famous words, prophetic words, of what Our Lady's life would be like. No one else had said anything like this yet. Behold, this child is destined for the rise the falling and the rising of many in Israel. will be a sign of contradiction. And as for you, a sword will pierce your soul. And in this way, the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. Our Lady understood that Jesus was the true Lamb that would redeem all of mankind of their sins. And that she as mother would be closely united with this redemptive action. But this was a reminder about how much her sacrifice would be. We too in our lives, as we accompany our Lord, As we carry our crosses, we're also called to suffer, to carry that cross, to offer up our sacrifices. As we are today, we make our Saturdays of reparation, praying for the sins, our sins first, those of the whole world. Let's ask Our Lady to accompany us, to come with us, to walk with us when we do not have strength when we falter when we feel the weight of our own sins and failures the hurt of mankind on us go to our lady ask our lady for help and assistance we need this element of offering offering of ourselves in union with christ that's why our churches are adorned with beautiful crucifixes where we can look towards christ on the cross and say my lord Give me strength to carry my cross till the end. When it's darkness that encounters us, it's the cross of Christ which illuminates us. Nothing else can. No friendship, no money, no material good is going to do that. But the cross will. Give us the strength, give us the gumption to get to the end. We need in very much in this feast of candle mass this Feast of Light, to ask Our Lady of Light to illuminate our souls, to take out all the darkness which is there, expel it, and to let the light of Christ enter into our lives. Today there are many, many Feast Days of Our Lady that are celebrated today. Our Lady of Good Success, Our Lady of Merced, Our Lady of Light. Let's ask all of them in the person of our lady of Fatima, to guide protect us and bring us where we need to be one day in heaven we can say as saint alphonsus tells us when he addresses god through the prayers of mary most holy eternal father i a miserable sinner worthy of a thousand hells present myself today before you god of infinite majesty i offer thee my poor heart O lord what is this heart that I dare to offer you? A heart that does not know how to love you. And that, on the contrary, so many times offended and betrayed you. But now I offer it full of repentance. Resolve to love you, to obey you in everything. Pardon me, my God. Draw all of me your love. I am not worthy to be heard. But your son, becoming a child, offering himself to you in the temple as a sacrifice for my salvation, merits on my behalf. I present to you the Son and the sacrifice. In him I place all my hope. I thank Thee, my Father, who sent him to the earth in order to sacrifice himself for me. I also thank you, O incarnate Word, divine Lamb, who offered to die for my very soul, I love Thee, my Divine Redeemer, and do not wish to love, but only You, and only You offered and sacrificed Your life to save. Let's pray one Hail Mary, asking in a special way that Our Lady help us illuminate our way in such a way that we can reach our final destination, which is Heaven. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with
0: thee. And this is all for today's episode. You can reach us anytime at one of the Heralds' websites, such as heralds.ca forward slash podcast, New Insights Multimedia forward slash podcast, or you can also subscribe on iTunes or anywhere you normally listen to your favorite podcast. And as per now, pray hard, work hard, keep growing in devotion to the Eucharist and our Blessed Mother, evangelize by word and example, and be every day more and more a real herald of the gospel